And he answered and said, Thou shalt love, everybody say love, the Lord thy God with all, everybody say all, all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbors thyself. Kind of like he just kind of snuck that in there, didn't he? You know, the whole focus has been love the Lord thy God with all these elements, but then it closes and love thy neighbors thyself. Amen. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for your holy word. Thank you for this privilege, Lord, to be in the house of God. Lord, to gather together with freedom and liberty. God, to hear a word from the Lord and Lord Jesus that we can respond that we can be fed the good word of God to apply to our lives. Oh, for it is our desire to grow stronger in you each and every day. Help us to, Lord, live a life that would be pleasing to God. Let that be our greatest desire is to please you. And, Lord, to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, in Jesus' name, I pray for your anointing to deliver your word. And the same anointing to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Since it's February, and that is not why I'm teaching on this tonight, I had intended on teaching on something else, and the Lord kept directing me to this, and that's what we're going to go with. Amen. But since it is February, it's called the Love Month. Amen. Of course, every month ought to be the Love Month. I mean, if you're married, you don't just love them in February, right? You don't just do special things for them in Valentine's. Hear me, husbands. You know, the floor is open more than just the week of Valentine's. Now, ladies, you ought to be smiling and amening. Hello? You ought to get flowers more than Valentine's and birthdays and anniversaries. Sometimes it's just to say, you know what? I appreciate you. Thinking of you. Amen. Well, isn't God good to us? Praise God. And dating should not stop when we get married. Guys, I'm not saying you don't. But uh, one thing I always loved uh, with my wife and I's relationship, we loved to go on dates. We were two getting older, getting older people that went on dates. Hello, nice restaurant, nice meal, nice afternoon. Praise God, no kiss, no babysitters needed. They were getting babysitters. We weren't. And so I want to encourage you, the brethren, uh, to carry your wives out on dates as regular as possible. Amen. And I'm not here to preach to our guys tonight, so go ahead and let your guard down. I just kind of throw that in there while I could. Um, But anyway, everybody say love. Valentine's is a special time, and it's where supposedly Cupid can shoot his arrow and hearts and brains fluttering love and great things, and we know that's just to sell uh, heart-shaped candy. Or box, uh, candy and heart-shaped boxes. That's just to get the extra commercial things. But it is a time we can get special attention. Everybody say sweethearts. 
Anybody got a sweetheart? Anybody got a sweetheart? Hello? Now, ladies, I'm being good to you tonight, but you better have a sweetheart too. Hello? There you go. It's not just the guys. And so, this is, you know, ladies love, they really like love stories. You know, us guys, you know. Read Louis Lamar or look up some hunting videos or something of that nature, but... You know, ladies like love stories. And, and there's people that know that, and they know how to write all these certain kind of lines of a story because it appeals to the ladies. And ladies love what is known as a, a, a story with a great love affair. They love the Prince Charming stories. There's not always a Prince Charming. Some of you got stuck with us. <laughs> but it sounds good. And then I thought about the greatest or the most popular, well-known love story of all, Romeo and, and folks, I got thinking about that today. That's a terrible love story. That should not be what we go, the go-to uh, for describing a, a, a love story because these two people committed suicide, as the story goes. That, that's not a good Love story. A good love story is some people that have loved and kept their marriage strong and stayed sweethearts all the way to the end. Amen. Well, praise God. Tonight I want to talk to us about a love affair. Everybody say a love affair. But this love affair is with Jesus. And the Lord just kept dealing with me about relationship. Everybody say relationship. And relationship is, is vital. In fact, it is the key to the success of a marriage. It is the key to the success of a friendship. Because without relationship, the marriage and the friendship is going to suffer. In fact, when marriages and friendships suffer, we can always pinpoint it to a breakdown in relationship. And we have to go and begin to repair and to restore the relationship, then the marriage, the friendship can be restored. It'll never be re restored without going to the relationship. So is it in our walk with God. Amen. Now, the difference between our relationship with one another and our relationship with God is ours is twofold, and it depends on each other having that good relationship or contributing to it. And we, you know, we've always heard the story, there's always two sides to the story. And there's always problems on each side when there's a problem. There's not either perfect. That's not the case with God. Because He is perfect. There's not a problem on His part of the love affair or the relationship. Where the breakdown is always going to be is on our part. And that's what the Lord wants us to, to realize. And to, He's always there. He's already gave His life for us. He shed His blood for us. He, he's paved the way. He's a perfect God. And He loves us beyond comprehension or our ability to comprehend. There is no love like His love. It has a word to describe His love that matches no other that no other matches it, and it is agape love.
We can't love one another with an agape love. Only God can love us with a, an agape love. Everybody say, a love affair. We find in Solomon chapter 2 and verse 4, he said, he brought me to the, Solomon is writing, he brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. The primary feelings that God has or the primary source of God, relation of God is with, everybody say it with me, love. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us with an unconditional love. Amen. So God's love is not put in question. We know how He loves us. We're recipients of His love every single day. We've talked about mercy and grace were our products of His love toward us. His long-suffering is His product of His love toward us. Amen. And so it falls on us. And that's why we have to think about our relationship with God and the primary the number one key ingredient for our relationship being successful is love. Love has everything to do with the relationship. If a love is strong, the relationships will be strong. Prove my point. What about the relationship of a mom to her children? The best earthly example that can be found with the majority of moms, a real mom, is her love is blind. Her love is unconditional. Her love is continual. Regardless of what happens in that relationship from the other side, her love is always there. Regardless of how the child may treat her, the love is always there. Oh, praise God. But the success of the relationship is love. Everybody say love. Amen. Luke 10 and 27. That's why we're given this, this verse. And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And we're talking a personal love here. We're not talking about just because we're supposed to love him that we profess to love him. You know, there's a lot of marriages that are struggling because one of them is professing to love when they're not really that deep in love. And so he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Now, I don't know if you've looked up the definition recently about all, but it's all-inclusive. It's every particle, every part of our heart. There's no space, there's no thought, there's no feeling that is left out, but that we love the Lord a 100%. He is number one. He's above our families. He's above our own lives and our own wills. We love him for he first loved us. Now, when you first come to know the Lord, did you love him the way you love him now? Why did our love grow to him? It takes time. Now, when we got the Holy Ghost, we did profess to love the Lord, but we couldn't really say we love Him with all our heart, even though we probably said it and was hoping that that's what we were experiencing. You know, when I married my wife, we were in love, I hope. You know, I loved her, 
But I didn't love her like I thought I loved her. But after years of relationship, then that love became more clear. It became more solid. It became more powerful. And then I found out, you know, I loved her back then, but I didn't love her anywhere near as much as I love her now. Can I get a witness from the couples? And so it isn't that we were just being, you know, pretending or not telling the truth about loving one another, that we had not experienced the relationship that builds that love. And that's why love and relationship goes hand in hand. We can't have a true relationship without love, and we can't have that depth of love without relationship. It's like a highway. It goes back, back and forth both ways. Oh, I hope I can make sense tonight. And people struggle in their relationship because they struggle in their love. And people struggle in their love because they struggle in their relationship. But if we're going to have that love for God that he wants us to, we're not going to have it when we first get the Holy Ghost. Hello? But as we grow in him and as we spend time with him, as we pray and as we study his word and we learn to know him and we learn of his goodness and we have experiences with God, where he came through for us, where he was there for us when nobody else was, when he never left us nor forsook us, when he spoke into our lives, when he came through, when he was there to help us and lift us up, then our love begins to grow through that relationship. Hello? Our appreciation and our value of him grows in our life because our relationship is continuing to grow. And it becomes stronger. And the more we know God, the more we love God. Hello? And we can read His Word, and it helps us to know Him. Because His Word is, a, is one way we have relationship with God. Amen? Praying is another way that we have relationship with God because it's Communication. His word is learning about him. Knowing him. Praying is communion with him. It's hearing from God and us pouring our heart out to God. We can sit down and just talk to God like a friend. Or we can just pour our hearts out in weeping and travail. And we can bring every need. There's nothing we can't talk to God about. Now, it should be very little you can't talk to your spouse about. But I understand there may be some things or at times that it just may not feel that comfortable. And there may be close friends. You still can't talk to them about certain things. And some of the most, the innermost important things that you need to talk to sometimes may be to a close friend that you trust. Hello? But our, our relationship, we can go to God anytime about anything and about everything. And if we do that, a relationship's going to grow. Amen? Everybody say relationship. Lord, the Lord thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind, every, the, the full capacity 
of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength describes the full makeup of us. How we feel, our spiritual, how we think, and what we pour ourselves into is to love Him with all of our heart. Now, if we love God with, you know, with just portions, then our lives are going to reflect one thing. And we're going to struggle in relationship. And, you know, we can be faithful to a degree, but we're not going to be strong in that. And there's some things that's going to suffer. Just like a husband and wife in their relationship, if their love is not strong, there's some areas that are going to suffer. Amen? But if we're strong in the Lord with our, our love and our relationship, then it's, our, our relationship's going to be strong. It's going to be solid. It's going to be unmovable. And that's why God says, I, want you, I need you to love me. He's not some egotistical God that just says, hey, this is what you got to do. You know what God says to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, Brother Dylan? It's because we belong to him, and he desires relationship with us. And the best way to have the relationship that God wants with us is to have that love with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Oh, praise God. Sometimes marriages can have a strong love and strong relationship, but then things can get broken. Hurts, wounds, distractions, the enemy. Whatever it might be, and marriages can suffer, and they have to be rebuilt. They have to be restored. Oh, praise God. I know your marriage is perfect. It's never suffered at all. Most likely it has. And the way you made it through is there was a commitment to one another because of love. You're not going to fulfill a commitment very long if there's not love involved. Amen. Love will force the commitment, if you will, and it will stick with the commitment. But then marriages and friendships can be broken. But if we realize, you know what, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to leave it where it's at. I don't want, we don't want it to get worse than what it is. Then with intentional effort and commitment, and committing to doing those things that restore and repair the relationship, then the relationship begins to be repaired. It begins to be rebuilt, and it's restored. And many times it becomes stronger than it ever was. But it takes effort. So as it is in our relationship with God. Now, you get your angel wings. Lay them down a minute. Take your halo Lay it down a minute. Right now, you're, you're 100% human. Okay? We've all had broken relationships with God. Not on his part, but slackness on our part. Distractions on our part. Busyness on our part. Carnality on our part. Hello? Laziness on our part. And when that happens... If we just let it continue, we're going to start seeing signs and it's going to start showing up in our lives because there's something not right in the relationship. 
We're not going to be praying like we should. We're not going to be uh, reading His Word like we should. Our worship is not going to be like it should. And it's going to start suffering. Then there's more distractions and there's more carnal feelings and things are going downhill and the relationship is broken and is suffering. But once we realize, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. It's like a good marriage. We can't afford to lose it. WTVA weather, lightning detected. 28.6 miles from this location, just in case you needed enough. <laughs> That's what... My phone, WTV app, app just said. I never wonder why it's worried about 28 miles away. But it suffers. And we make up our mind, I don't want our marriage to suffer or our friendships to suffer. So is it with God. And so, therefore, we have to take steps and say, you know what? I don't want my relationship with God to suffer, but I want it to grow. Have you ever had that desire when it wasn't the level that it, that it needs to be? And you say, you know what? I've got to bring it back up. I, I've got to do some things to restore. I, I've got to get closer to the Lord. And we've got to do some things that will... Impact this. Oh, praise God. But then it snuck this in. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Then he said, in thy neighbors thyself. Why, why is that kind of thrown in? Well, I don't have the exact theological answer for that, but I do think it has to do with this. Our love for God is always going to be reflected toward our love for others. Amen? Our love for God is always going to reflect in our love toward others. If our love is strong in God, and our relationship is strong in God, then that love of God is going to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Our measure of love to God is going to reflect the measure of love to our neighbor, to our friends, to our fellow church members. Oh, praise God, our fellow brethren. Amen. It's 732. I've got to be conscious of the time. Everybody say love. Now, I'm going to skip some of this for the sake of that time. The Scripture teaches us, draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. You know, our relationship with God, our love affair with God is about our closeness with God. Not a distance, not hardly ever talking, not a, hardly ever spending time. But he says, if you'll draw nigh to me, he is saying, I'll draw nigh to you. God is inviting and he is desiring a close relationship. Amen. Now, let me, let me say this as an example if I can. How many of you have multiple siblings, more than one? Are you close to any one, one of those siblings more than the others? Most of us are. At some point, maybe it's age. Maybe it's geographically being closer, spending more time with one another. Whatever it might be, in most cases, we're a little closer. Now, I'm closest to my older, to my sister. She's the oldest. And anybody around us knows I'm closest to my sister. 
We talk regular. Uh, check on her. We, we spend time together. But why is that? It's because when I was a child, when I was born, my sister was 11. So guess what? She was a young mother. Hello? Well, my mom was at work, and, but my sister was given charge over me, and I was, you know, to help take care of me. And so she was like a mother to me, so she's not just like a regular sibling. Now, to my two brothers, we have good relationship. Amen? And some of that has been tested through times. You know? And that wasn't just his kids either. <laughs> but that's never happened with my sister. There's never been a cross word. There's never been a hard feeling. There's never been an offense. Why? Because we're so close. Oh, God. And there's friends that you're closer to. I've got good friends. You've got good friends, but there's some friends that we're so close to that relationship is completely different. Oh, y'all look at me like that side dish you didn't order. I'm just trying to use parallels and examples tonight that so is it with God. And that's why he is saying, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to thee. Let's move on into some of the people in the Scripture that were real close to the Lord. Now, there was 11 disciples. There were 12, but Judas was the devil. But then there was 11 other disciples. And then there were three that were called the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. But then outside of that three, there was one who was the closest. Now, in fact, the scripture calls him the beloved. And it even said the disciple in whom Jesus loved. Now, Jesus loved them all. But we understand that he was close to John. And John was the only disciple that went to Calvary. He's the disciple that died, the only one that died a natural death. He was sentenced to Patmos after being put in hot boiling oil by Domitian. But yet, he was supposed to die on that island, but God had him delivered off of that island, and he died a natural death. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying John had a closer relationship with God, than with Jesus Christ, than any other disciple. He loved them all the same. But the difference was the relationship. Now, was that based on Peter? Was that based on Jesus? No. Was it based on the other disciples? It was based on John and his actions, his choices, his decision, his love for the Lord, his commitment to be close. Because when they were at the Passover supper and Jesus said, one of you shall betray me. And it was all the other disciples just looked at one another. And finally, Peter said, John, you ask him. Huh? Why? Because John, his head is laid on the breastplate of Jesus Christ and they knew if he would tell anybody he would tell John because they knew that relationship but it was John who positioned himself at the very side of Jesus and laid his head on his breastplate. John initiated because of his love we also determine how close we are to the Lord when I think of people that 
I know that we're close to the Lord. You can tell. You can see it. In their life, in their walk with God, in their faith. You can hear it in their prayers. You can see it how they treat other people. And there's been wonderful people. But I have to go to my mom. Because I know her relationship with God. We used to say, you know, if E.F. Hutton speaks, listen. We said, if mama prays, pay attention. You know the song, when mama prays, heaven pays attention. Well, that's the way we felt about my mom. Her love for people. Her love for God. Her love for the house of God. It was, I'm telling you, anybody can see it. People still talk about that. And you know people just like that as well. But what put my mother in that position? That on a snowy February day, on a Thursday, in the middle of the day, when people normally don't turn out for funerals. And she's been gone from her her hometown for seven years after breaking up housekeeping, living around with us in a nursing home. That also reduces the turnout of a service, right? Wrong. It, it does normally. But that funeral at my mother's home going, it was a snowy, cold morning, 11 o'clock service. And they packed out the building. They put out chairs. They put chairs in the foyer. People had to stand close to the outside, and many had to, or several had to leave. How come? And it was people from young to middle age to older. Why? Because her love for God reflected in her love toward fellow man. And they come from all over town. They came from all over the county because of their love for my mother, because of her relationship with God. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 91 and verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Not everybody gets there. Not everybody lives in that place. We all dream about it. We all think about it. We all say, you know, that's a great place to be. We may have visited from time, but that word said dwell. Not visit. And so what determines on who dwells in that secret place? We determine that. Do we want to go the extra mile? Is he really everything to us? Is he really, do we really love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? I'll tell you, it can be. If we haven't dwelt there in a while, or if we never really just dwelt there, guess what? There's a seat with your name on it. There's a vacancy sign on the door that says, come, come and commune. Come and draw close. Come and live in that secret place. It is that place that we are close to the Lord. Everybody said love affair. Who is another person we think of, and there's many, we think about a special kind of love. There was a lady. Her name was Mary Magdalene that had this special love because She had been delivered of seven devils. Jesus even gave notice and attention to this. He said, who loves the most? They said, he that has forgiven the most. He said, rightly you have said. Right? This lady, now, she didn't have to do it. There's been people that the Lord has done great things for them and they forget it. 
They lose sight of it during the good times. They can make commitments during the hard times, but lose sight of it or grip of it when things turn around. But not Mary Magdalene. When he delivered her seven devils, when he brought her from the old life and placed her in a place that she could build a relationship, it wasn't Jesus building that relationship, friend. It was Mary of Magdalene that when he was in the house, she brought her alabaster box that was a 365 days of labor of value, and she broke it. She reserved nothing back. It's like she's saying, I love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and all of my strength. She reserved nothing back it was probably the only thing she owned brother Dylan that that she could just break it and it's not retractable it's not you can't keep it you can't bring it back it's break it and give it all oh hallelujah and that's what she did clap your hands to the Lord but I want to put an emphasis every one of us hear me can have a relationship like John. Every one of us can have a relationship like Mary Magdalene. We, we, and others that stand out in the Scripture, and I just jump down to where I put these when I think about people who have close relationships. What about Abraham? Job. Praise God. David, King David, a man after God's own heart. What, and John the Revelator and Mary Magdalene. There's other in Scripture that stand out. But they're the ones who built that relationship. Guess what? There's not a devil in hell that can prevent us from building that special relationship with God. To walking with God, hearing from God, walking in the Spirit, praise God. Being in that, dwelling in that secret place. We all want to go there, but we all don't always do what it takes to get there. Amen. Everyone, Sister Barbara, you say this often, there's always room for improvement. Well, that's true to all of us. Every one of us, there's still room for growth. There's times that relationships get broken, and we may neglect it for a while, but we've got to go back and begin to rebuild the prayer life, rebuild the study of God's Word, rebuild our heart's desire to be in the presence of God. One thing I've seen through the years of pastoring and even seeing other ministers uh, that were once pastors, there's just something different when that prayer life is let up. There's a distraction in their spirit. They probably don't notice it, that it's that noticeable. But it is because nothing Nothing shows like a relationship with God. You know why? Because the right relationship with God don't want to miss church. A right now we all struggled. Don't don't. I'm not pushing hard. I'm just encouraging us tonight. A right a relationship with God wants to pray, and it'll dominate this old flesh. It wants to worship. Uh, the spirit does it, flesh does it, but it wants to open this Bible up and read it and read the Word of God. There's something about it that is drawn and, and that is desiring the things of God and hungry for the things of God. That's because that relationship and that love is there. 
but sometimes it suffers. And we all have suffered in our relationship with God. But we have to go back, revisit, recommit. I, I was standing at the, and I'm almost done. I'm, I'm within 50 minutes of being done. That is the truth within. It could be 10 minutes. But I was at the concession stands at the camp meeting, campgrounds, and it was my first time to ever be there at a camp meeting. The first year I went there, I didn't get to go because my mom was in a terrible auto accident and liked to die. And uh, so I went my first time there, and I'm out by the concession stands, and I'm getting me some search to carry into the service. And there's a long tall or tall slim gentleman there gray hair i think it was a gray suit and he stopped me as i began to walk away he said hey son turn around I, of course i didn't know most anybody there i said yes sir he said you just surrendered to the ministry haven't you i go who is this guy you know how does he know this stuff and so I said, yes, sir, I have. He said, well, I want to share something with you. He said, court Jesus and fall in love with him. And that's all he said. And I turned, headed back, and I stopped. To, I know you've heard stories like this. I stopped to turn and look, and he was nowhere to be seen. I've never seen him before. I've never seen him after. He was never. I looked. He was never at that count meeting. But I've never forgotten that word to court Jesus and fall in love with him. Hello? That's something he wants us to do is to court him, to love him. To spend valuable time with him. Utter words of our love. Express our love toward him. Let him know that we adore him. Hallelujah. That we are in love with him. There's four types of relations in our relationship with God. There may be more, but these primary four. I'm just going to touch on them for a minute. Is father, child relationship. Then there's bridegroom, bride relationship. Then there's friend relationship. Then there's servant or master servant relationship. Now those are four areas that is a type of relationship, not just a God relationship. I'm going to close with this. Not just a God, but he's a father to us. And we can have a father. We do have a father-son, father-daughter relationship. What is that? A father who provides. A father who protects. A father who gives instructions and guidance in our life. A father who encourages. Oh, hallelujah. A father who corrects. Aren't you thankful for a father relationship? I need that. We all need that. But it's that love that gives us this. And he gives himself to us as a father that we can revere him, that we can 
have all these things that he has provided for us, we're also dependent on the Father. Hello? Brother Coxie, are your children dependent on you? Tony Grace, I mean, she can't make it on her own. I mean, she, you know, she probably would like to, but she can't. I know Macy Blake would. But they can't. They depend on a father and a mother, a parent. Amen? So we depend on him, but we also have to submit to him. Everybody say submit. God won't force himself on us. He won't force his will on us. He won't force any of those things, but he makes himself available. We respect. I'm I'm almost done. We respect. Everybody say respect. We obey. That father relationship, we have to obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? And then most sons and daughters want to please their father. See, there, that relationship builds a, 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 an approach to God and a perspective of God and a certain type of relationship with God. Our relationship with God is just not one way. But it's that father-child, and so we want to please him. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Next is we have a bridegroom-bride relationship with Jesus. Hello? We are a spouse to him. There's a courtship. They're spending time with him. We're not asking for anything. We're not trying to get out of trouble. We don't have all of our long list of wants and desires and requests. That's that relationship when we're just loving the Lord. When we could go to prayer and before we ask for anything, we let him know that we love him. You let him know that you love him, how wonderful he is, how great he's been to us. And we praise him and we worship him. That is that courtship and that is that relationship of a bridegroom and a bride. We are his bride. Oh, praise God. But it also is staying faithful to him. It's also saying true to the bridegroom. We're committed. We don't flirt with the world. Hello? How does God feel when we flirt with the world? I don't know about you, but God is a jealous God. <laughs> Who's the jealous, most jealous husband in here? You're not going to answer that. Since Brother Sam is not, we're going to say he is. If he's the most jealous, if he's a jealous husband, and I don't believe in being extra jealous, but if you don't have some jealousy in you, something's wrong with you when it comes to your spouse, okay? And somebody will start speaking sweet words to his wife or flirting with her, and she were to flirt back, he's going to get mad. Amen, because she belongs to him. Hear me today. We belong to the Lord. He paid a high price for us. He loves us. He's never failed us. He'll be with us at any point in time that we need Him. And God is a jealous God, and we should help commit ourselves to never flirt with the world. And then 
I'll close with this one. He's a friend. He's a friend. Aren't you thankful we can have a father relationship, a bridegroom relationship, and a friend relationship with God? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Mm. Then we find in John 15, well, let me, let me go here first. Go to the scripture, Genesis 18, 16 through 19. And the men rose up from thence, talking about the angels that had came and told Sarah she was going to have a son, and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, hmm. let me think about this. Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, the nation of the earth shall be blessed. For I know him, amen, that he will command his children, his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. And the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Why would God not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah without talking to Abraham first? He, he didn't owe Abraham that. It was because of that friend relationship. And I want us to realize we can have a friend relationship. But he, he's father. He's bridegroom. But he's also friend. Let's stand together. John 15. 15 through 17. I just used 15. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things you have heard of my father I have made known to you. Now we are servants of the Lord. But not in the sense that we may think of when you hear the word servant. But the Lord calls us friend. You may ask me, Pastor, how do I grow my relationship with the Lord? Because I'm telling you, it's all about relationship. It's not about how, it's not about just coming to church. It's not about just talking in tongues. It's not about what we can pay and give. All those things are byproducts of our relationship with God. And if all of us were totally honest, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, we could grow in our relationship with God. There's room for growth. We can get closer to Him. We can draw nigh and He'll draw nigh. We can go and dwell in that secret place of the Most High. Lord, I know You've spoken to our hearts here tonight. Lord, we come before You to respond to Your Word. God, we want that better relationship. We want that stronger relationship.